All right, uh, this is episode. Oh my goodness! You know what? Twenty-seven, I, gotta... I think. Is it twenty-seven? I think, <laughs> I think I just looked up Gabby's and it was twenty-six. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's episode episode twenty-seven. Um, I've got Mike Lorick on the line. This is our first podcast ever uh, via phone, um, but. I just felt like it was a good time to have Mike on the podcast and, and, you know, thanks for, for coming on. Uh, it's always great to talk to you and, and talk numbers. Cause I know, I know I feel a large part of my coaching career is due to the things that I learned with you and through your system. And I guess, you know, we were talking about how to start this podcast. And I guess I want to say this, Mike, I, I'm always shocked and I, I want to know your opinion about this because we want to talk about coaching systems and, you know, different methodologies. I'm always shocked at how many people start out coaching and they don't search out expertise. You know what I mean? Like when I started coaching, I was a sponge. I would talk to anyone and everyone at meets to try to find out as much information as possible. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you, do you feel like people search out information as much as they should? No, I think you are pretty much the exception to the rule, but I think we also have to talk about the concept of, or I should say the context of what we're doing, and, and let's face it, it's the pole vault. Come on, how many, you know, sometimes it's just hard to even find someone that will do yeah. it. Like, like, dude, can you do this? Like, And the guy's like, I don't know. You know, So they don't even know, and a lot of times, you know, I think with that pole vault, that's what happens. Um, you would have to give, the story of like how you got the way you pole vaulted in school and then, you know, how you started. So it's different. Yeah. You were a lot different. Cause I remember when you came to that um, clinic that um, they had me do at, at Muhlenberg. Right. And you, right. And, and there wasn't many people for the pole vault as usual, big track yeah. clinic and I'm in charge of the pole vault and I'm like, anybody, yeah. anybody. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there, there might've been like a total of 10 kids, maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah. And, and and it was definitely it was like there was my girl who jumped 10 and I don't think anybody jumped anywhere near that even the boys at that clinic, you know. No, yeah. Yeah, no. I think it was one of those hey, I'm, I'd like to really get up on the mat. Right. It's like okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. I I it's so funny because even today, you know, and granted, you know, there are more clubs today than ever, but there's so many people that they're just looking for pit time. You know, so if somebody's running a clinic, it's like, all right, let's bring the kids. They'll get to jump on the mats a little bit, <laughs> you know. And, and then remember, it's a different time than when you started, like, to get information. It wasn't uh, it wasn't impossible, but it wasn't like it is right now. And it won't, and it'll probably be even different, you know, five years from now, or it just keeps progressing. But um, it, even before you, uh, that I met you, um, you had to go to somebody's camp or a podium or event or, right. you know, go somewhere where those people were. So obviously you're talking about physically going there, paying money, um, you know, trying to get their time so you could ask some questions if it's a one-on-one type right. thing. Right. And, and now there's just, you know, so much available as far as like it, like to throw out a name, like Steve Rippin's, um, pole vault symposiums. He has two, one from Cologne, Germany, and he has the other one from Australia and it's five sessions long, and they're like 30 minutes apiece. I mean, you can go to, you yeah. can't even charge anything. You just sit on YouTube and be like, oh, it's almost like I was there. 
Right, right. Well, and, and, you know, that, that's, I guess, the point because I know, you know, Mike, you've told me your story about, you know, starting out coaching in Florida and then kind of working with Jan Johnson and, in, in that, that sky, sky system that he has and, you know, developing from there and then, then starting your club, Vertical Assault. And so I know how hard it was for you to find that information. And even, you know, for me, it was a little bit easier, but now, you know, I just find it amazing how there is so much information out there and yet still there's so many people that aren't putting the time in, you know? Um, I mean, obviously I'm always grateful. I think there are some coaches that will stop by the club and try to learn, but I'm always amazed at how many people don't do that. You know, I mean, what, what would you say even, you know, just, and again, I think there's a lot of, I feel like you always have to do this uh, when you're talking to the Povolt community. I'm not trying to, you know, talk bad about anyone, but what would you say? I mean, are, are you shocked at sometimes how, how few people are, are kind of going out there and looking at this stuff? Like you said, Steve Rippin has this symposium up there and how many people are really watching this? How many people are taking notes? You know, I mean, what, what's, what's your personal experience as far as people visiting you or visiting the club, you know? Very few. I mean, we did that back um, years ago, mm -hmm. almost to also drum up business. And you know, coaches welcome. No coaches come. Um, yeah. Then I did. A, then I did a coaches only, and maybe five kids came. Maybe five coaches came. Yeah. And then the next time I did it, I probably only got the same number. And what I said is like, hey. Bring a kid. Like, not only can you come, but bring one of your athletes because it's it's great to look at my kids or right. your kids, and, and they're like, okay, well, this kid's done it, or even make a video of them, but those kids have done it. It's hard to take someone who, like, you don't understand my kids. So then I thought, oh, well, this will be a good opportunity for them to bring their athlete in that can't take off on the correct foot, and we'll work on that. And then still, it was just like, lukewarm at best like right. I know other people you have to talk about motivation how are other people motivated and that's why I said hey it's individual you were different yeah you had um you, I could tell that I was like like this guy and I always said that before like this guy's gonna search out suck up any information he can and you know you know what they say about free advice it's worth the price you pay so yeah. sometimes yeah. people don't take it you know, and I don't know, you're standing around, I'm standing around when I was back there and we're doing meets. Other coaches could learn so much just by watching and learning. They don't even have to ask anything like, wow, he's moving him up the pole. Yeah, well, the standards were at 80. He was on. He almost hit it on the way up. So we're going to go up a grip if the pole right. is bending, or we're going to go up a pole. I mean, those are some simple things. But, yeah, sometimes – I guess you have to go back to motivation because even here I'll be running my um, club and I'll have a, two kids like from the same school and I'll run into the coach and say, hey, you know, we're here Sunday. Why don't you come by? And, and I mean, I'm coaching your kids. Why don't you come by and watch what we're doing? And, and you can't. You know, you can't get them to show up. So right, well, I don't know. yeah, you know, and and that's the funny thing for me is because I feel like whether you're an athlete or a coach, you know, you you have to be looking for this information, you know, and you you have to be trying to to soak it up, like you were saying. And if you're not, like, I think if you're an athlete and you realize you're, you know, maybe stuck in a situation where 
maybe the coach is not as knowledgeable or maybe the coach is not searching out new information. Because I feel like me and you, despite the fact, I mean, you have way more years than I do in, in it, but, you know, despite the number of years that we've been coaching and whoever we've coached, we're still always looking for the next step. We're trying to tweak our drills, tweak our system, add some new layers in to make it better. But if you're stuck in a system where it's just this is it, then you have to move on. You, like I, I know um, in the powerlifting world, there's a guy named Dave Tate who, who used to train at Westside Barbell, and he would talk about it all the time. He's like, look, if you're the best person in your gym and nothing else is happening, you got to find your new gym. If you want to evolve and grow. And that, that's how I always felt. You know, it's like, you know, I started out, you know, I would just read some stuff online. I found beginner to book good. That was the best thing I could find. Then I got, I got a chance to learn a lot from you. Then even I went on to Roman Bacharnikov. And even now I would say my evolution, uh, with the pole vault has been more even outside, like the training. You know, that's why I've, you know, looked into the powerlifting community to see what kind of training modalities they have that can help my athletes, you know? But it's like if you're not continually evolving and growing, you're going to stagnate, you know? Yeah, we would go off on another tangent there because that was always my question for you because I noticed that shift or that layer, I should say, that you added on to that because, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't do that. And then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but you started doing a lot more on the training side. Right. Um, So so that's really interesting. It's funny because listening to your other podcasts, I'd be like, oh, when we have our podcast, gosh, I wonder if I should just tell them, like, you know, I didn't record data. I didn't, you know, lift. We didn't really. Our training was pole vaulting. And, you know, for your listeners now, a lot of that is true. I mean, a lot of that is pole vaulting is training. And I think right now that I'm in this um, new place with new jumpers, the newer they are, the more they do have to vault and do the system yeah. and do the things because they can't mm-hmm. do it. But then also the challenge is, is when you have someone who reaches the elite level as far as wherever they're at. For us, it was Division Three, where they were setting records and right. nationals. Sometimes I forget. It's like, yeah, I had to grow along with that kid. Like, okay, yeah, they were very good in high school, and then we wanted to get better, and we had to change our modalities and keep moving and keep learning. But then I also found, gosh, it was really hard to go back to the kid that you're like, no, 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 Susie, your your other left foot. No, it's not my left foot. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to make that. So you're like, wow, like I'm trying to get this girl two inches better and three inches better. Because that's the difference of the top, you know, four or five kids. Right, right. And then you gotta, you gotta be able to go back to no, 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 like no, that's skip. You know, skip. You can't skip. Okay, let's try to yeah. work on skipping. You know, so it, it's right. Well, well, you, you know what I think is so funny about that because here's the other thing too. You know, I, I always have a saying, I go, if it doesn't work from short, it's not going to work from a long approach. And if it's not going to work from a long approach, it's probably not going to work from a short approach. Like the, both those worlds have to work. And kind of like what you were just saying there as a, as a coach from a coaching perspective, like if it, if you can't do it with a beginner, it's, it might not work for an, an elite athlete. And you have to be able to work with both to really show that competency as a coach, I think, sometimes. And I think how often sometimes I know we've talked about it. We might talk to someone who's only worked with, you know, some, some big 6'4 guy that's jumped 520, you know, 17 feet. And it's like, wait, like what you did with that dude, that doesn't work on, on a systematic level. 
You know what I mean? You can't take that to the club and do that with a hundred clients. You know what I mean? No, or, or do it with your four uh, eleven foot girl. Right. Right. And, and so it's like, that's where, it, you know, and again, I guess this brings us back to, you know, why we kind of like decided to do this podcast today is, you know, how do you build a system that, that works for everyone? And what all it is is just the system is relative towards who you're working with. Like I know even with Abby and it's so funny, you're like, oh, well, we didn't really record numbers, but look, I, I know you, Mike. And I, and I always, I always tell people this example. I go, look, Sometimes you go to a restaurant and you have that waiter that has to write down everything you order, but sometimes you have that waiter that never writes anything down and never messes up your order. You're the guy that doesn't have to write the order down. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I feel like even sometimes me, like we both have that memory where we might have 10 kids on the runway, but we know exactly what we told every kid and what the next like cue is going to be when they jump. You know what I mean? So it's like we kind of do that in our heads sometimes. I, I've started recording more stuff, um, but I think definitely there was numbers. But I even remember with Abby Schaefer, which you know is one, one of your girls that set Division Three uh, national record. I mean, she did she set it a couple times. I yeah, feel like she set the indoor and then the outdoor. And what was funny is Anna just set it the year before. Right. Anna set the indoor, outdoor, and then Abby the next the right. very next year comes right. back and takes both of them down. And I was like, oh, okay, that. Didn't see that coming. But, and but, then the next year, that was Abby's a junior, but that's almost the next year. Yeah. She got beat by Rick Baggett's girl and right. run her up. So, yeah. Well, but it, it was funny because I was going to bring up her senior year because we could talk a little bit about training because um, I remember you talking to me at the indoor season, uh, maybe past the halfway point of indoors. And you know, there had been a head coaching change at Moravian that year. And, you know, Abby wasn't really hitting the numbers that she was hitting the year before. And you were talking to me and you're like, well, you know, but Timmy's doing fine. I'm like, yeah, but Timmy was busy, like getting ready for med school. And now he's actually training a little bit harder. So anything is better than nothing. Whereas I'm like, Abby, you had her on the line the year before. So whatever she was doing last year, she's got to go back to that. You know? Yeah. Well, that, that ties into your last um, podcast perfectly because that story is for me, like you could see Abby left Virginia Tech, um, then was at Widener, then came in the next year, so her third year, her third school, right. and she's a little bit driven, you know, I mean, she was driven, we were doing the deadlifts, we were, you know, yeah. hop sprints, I mean, I wasn't writing it down and recording it, but I remember, you know, her sitting down there, and I'm like, why are your hands shaking? She's like looking over me, she goes, that's heavy, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that's over double your body weight. You know? Right. She was like 230 and she was 115 or whatever it was. Yeah. She's like, that's heavy, you know. Okay. Um, but then when I think what happened to her, and this is also life, like she won it, she set the record. The next year she had one more left, one more year left in college. She didn't just totally give up. And I mean, she was still jumping the same, but we just weren't on that push and grind that, was before remember right. what you said in one of your podcasts hey sometimes it's harder to stay the champion to become the champion right because you know you, you, you've already attained that and well you need something special well, to motivate you to, to you know keep it right well we we were actually talking on the phone i i had listened to a, a podcast with a jujitsu coach john donaher who's really really intelligent and he said something great he goes uh a the champion can never match the intensity of the challenger. 
And so his explanation was the only way you can stay champion is by, by sh- through strategy and planning, you know? Yeah. And, and again, that, you know, again, it goes back to what we're kind of talking about is, is developing a system, you know? And, you know, one of the things that we talked about over the phone that I think was, is a big part of both of our systems, um, and maybe you want to expand on it is, you know, mid-marks. You know, how, how important are mid-marks and how does that help guide your system? You know, when, when you're, when you're coaching a group of kids, you know, what, what does the mid-mark help you understand, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that could tie into, and I, and, and I would go back and say to you that when I was listening to that podcast, I'm like, yeah, I didn't record a lot of numbers. And you're saying, okay, yeah, but you knew it. Like, I know you, yeah. you knew those numbers and I did. But now I would say to your listeners, like, hey, I kind of regret that because I had a lot of good kids. There was a lot of information there. And, yeah, I knew it in my head, and it worked well. But now being in a different place, not really starting over, but being out of the club and I'm, you know, outside now, it's like, hmm, wish I had a little bit of that data written down right now because now I'm just going on recall. Right. Um, but put uh, one of the examples is so we decided to put color codes for our mid marks. Right. You know, what you even said the other one. Hey, you could catch a two step mid mark or a three. We happen to use four. So yeah, Abby was the premier person in there. I had to pick a number, and like Abby would hit ten foot takeoff, and she'd be on twenty one. Mm-hmm. Hit thirty two. She'd hit forty three. So obviously, there's an eleven stride. Right. You know, stride pattern there, and yeah. she was holding about twelve seven, and then you go look at the mid mark, and you're almost like, wait a minute, how did this guy do this? Like, how did he know? Like, right. That would, you know, that that would all work. Like, he doesn't know that. He's never saw her. Why does this work? Right. So, for your listeners, gosh, I would, I would almost have to say, don't. You can't live and die on it. But boy, if you're not using that, man, are you guys missing some big, big information yeah well it, um, looking, it's a it's I'm a piece of the puzzle right you know hey i'm looking at it right now mm-hmm. and it's just like two-step mid-mark which she hit it happened to be a I, you know i used a yellow uh yellow tape for her so she'd hit 21 mm-hmm. and then that means she should hit 43 so she's on an 11 step 11 step stride two contacts she should be holding 12 10 and jump 13 feet well, your listeners don't know, but you knew how yeah. she would hit and swing hard. And right. And she was more like a 12-8 girl, and she almost jumped 14 feet, you know, 422 right. or 423. Yeah. So that would be another information to for your listeners to look. You say, wow, that girl should have jumped 12-6, but she jumped almost 14 feet. So yeah. that's one, two, three lines higher. Right. So what does that mean? You're, well, that means that girl's extremely efficient at right. vaulting. Yeah. But you're not. You know what? A lot of people would be good. And I felt great about myself, but then I realized, hey, yeah, we did a good job with that. But now the goal is to get her grip up and keep her efficient. Like she knows how to pole vault. Now we right. have to work more on the training side. So instead of her holding twelve eight or twelve nine, can you imagine if that girl held thirteen two? She'd probably jump fourteen six or right. whatever. So there's right. Right. The chart is ridiculously, almost spooky accurate sometimes. Right. Well, and and it and it's funny, like the way you're explaining that. It's like, well, the mid, 
you know, your efficiency, that could steer you on whether you focus more on technique or you focus more on training. You know, it's like when you get that kid that's super efficient, well, they clearly got to train, you know, and if you get that kid that is maybe the grip, the pull is great, but they're not super efficient. Well, now we got to focus on technique. And, and, you know, like you said, yeah, you know, over the last few years, I've, I've kind of added and molded that layer of the training part, but I still have kids today where, you know, I've had some of my college athletes who they're super strong. Like if you watch them weight train, they're killing it. But they're still not that good at pole vault, you know. And so for some of them, I've backed off some of their physical training at times so that they could focus more on the technical aspect and and really get that done. You know what I mean? Because if they don't figure out the pole vault part, who cares if you're really strong, you know? Well, it's funny because I've watched, you know, what you post. And I noticed, especially on the girl side, because mostly I think what I see are you post. Mm -hmm. and, And regardless of whether they made the bar or how high they're jumping, I watch them now push out and run and pull drop, and you're like, wow, like, there's a lot. Like, yeah. a strong kid on the runway. Like, right. So maybe maybe the pole vault didn't catch up with that strength yet, mm-hmm. but you always want to have that in the bank because, I mean, I'm sure you've been in the same place where yeah. you have someone that's pretty good, pretty efficient, and you're like, they're pretty weak. Like, right. And, and that strength takes a while to... To build up. Yeah. You don't just, oh, I'm going to start lifting and hopefully in two weeks I'm going to be strong. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. You want to, you want to start like six months ago and start reaping the benefits of what you did. Right, right. I mean, it, it does. It takes so long to, to get someone, you know, strong enough, you know? And then, go ahead. Let's just say, so for your listeners, so let's say I'm in a perfect example. So I have two boys right now, or I had Ryan in the past holding you know, maybe 14 feet, and he jumped 16.6. Right. So that's four bars or three bars efficient. And I have a 14-foot boy, right, or a 14-foot boy that, I mean, he gripped 14 feet. Mm-hmm. He jumped 12.7 last yeah. year holding 14 feet. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. That's yeah. four bars the other way. Like, yeah. There's eight bars difference. Well, now he's jumped uh, over 14, but... We're not even on a long run. So for your listeners, right. that would be like, so if, if you're the wrong way, yeah. then you guys don't have to worry about pushing grip. And, yeah. and not that you should always try to get stronger and have a better run, but the problem is pole vault technique. Right. That's, what the, that's what DJ's chart, or not like you said, it doesn't have to be his chart, Yeah. but his chart's also telling you efficiency. And right. again, it's remarkable how accurate this chart is. It's just remarkable how yeah. I feel like the same thing for your listeners too if you ever get the chart. I feel like the takeoffs are a little close. So yeah. it's very hard. Ryan was the only kid that could really hit the numbers. Matter of fact, maybe even beat him. Yeah. But if, if most guys are sloppy, I mean they're strong but they don't have good yeah. form, you're like, why is he? He's three. He's four feet outside the yeah. If I put him in four feet, he's going to get killed right. in the box. You're right. like, well, we have to learn how to do that. Like, we're going to have to do yeah. working on running and pole drops and and frequency. So, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I mean, d- definitely. You know, you can't follow it religiously, but it's definitely a good guideline. And, and like you said, I think the better kids run, the sharper they are, the closer they'll be on that. Um, I know a lot of my kids tend to be a little bit out because I'm almost like at that point where I push the edge on the runway – 
You know what I mean? To try to get as much speed at takeoff where, you know, maybe in the past I've, I've, you know, brought them in and try to get it a little bit tighter. But, you know, I almost, I'm at the point where I, you one time told me something I thought was very interesting. Like I had one of my kids, you know, missed their last bar and I was like, well, you know, they ended on a blow through. So that's good. That's, we're set up for the next meet. And you're like, that's terrible. That means you had more today, you know? And so I almost feel like now I'm always like pushing the, the limits of what the kid can do on the runway at every meet because I'm trying to squeeze out every single bar I can get uh, at a meet, you know? Yeah, I guess uh, I'd, I'd, been, I'd have to say there's always good and bad and everything because it was. It's like, man, we left. We had juice, man, and we left it. Yeah. We left it there. You didn't, you know, we, I didn't stay as aggressive as I needed to catch up on how aggressive you were. Yeah. But the good news is, is you know, what's worse? A kid going up, not making the pit, Crashing down well, on the ball. Sure. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, like we never want to see that. Right, right. No, of course, of you course. Had, you had a post about that that was interesting. It's kind of like that other simple chart that shows landing deep, landing short, big right. bend, small bend. It's just like if you're landing short, you can't increase resistance, right? Distance or grip height. I mean, I'm sorry, you just there's no magic. You can't. Unless someone's going to tap you and push you in, you can't, you can't, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's so funny. I think, you know, obviously like podcasts are interesting, right? It's, it's just, it's just audio and it's great because you can listen to it while you're in the car, but I'm sure there's some pole vault people that are like, oh, I wish I could see video. But what I think is so great about not having video right now is that we really have to talk about it as resistance and we can't get caught up on positions and the pole uh-huh. bend and, you know, cause I mean, I, I've heard people use terms like propulsion and, uh, you know, um, oh my goodness, thrust, you know, the pole thrusts you in the air and it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of that is, is an illusion that people see because when, again, you go back to the numbers, I'll, I'll see people like, wow, did you see how that pole catapulted that kid? And it's like, well, like you said, like that your one kid is like, well, he's gripping 14. He cleared 12, seven. He wasn't really catapulted right. anywhere, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's no, there's no. <laughs> right. So that, it, is, that is the illusion of the fiberglass pole vault that, you know, those guys, especially Jan was talking about when the fiberglass, he was there kind of fiberglass, kind of new people were doing different things and where the, where the increase came from is that you were able to hold a yeah. lot higher. Not that it propelled you. Um, there is a little bit of, of that covering the pole, but that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to go watch, you know, Ryan jump. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a great, not a great plant guy, but you're like, wow, he's covering the pole. Yeah. A lot of bend. Like that guy's swinging fast and getting on top of that and, pole. Yeah, yeah. You had you had texted me about Ryan Wilkes, and um, for people listening, you know, you could just uh, go on YouTube, Ryan Wilkes. Uh, PA sophomore. state champ, sophomore. His, his sophomore yeah. year. And you look, I look at that and I was almost, I was almost taken aback as like, oh gosh, that's horrible. Like, plant at takeoff. Like, when your listeners watch that, they'll look and you're like, wait a minute, you want me to do that? And I would say, not necessarily, but look at the big picture. I mean, here's a kid who jumped, I think he jumps 14, 6 to 15 that year. Right. Um, and you're like, what he did have was he had a good pole drop. He definitely took off free, and he swung fast and got yeah. out on top and ahead of that pole. And you're like, 
I forget how important that is sometimes. And I'm telling you, I have just the opposite. I have this kid jumping on 15 yeah. 80s, yeah. holding 14 feet, and it's like, oh, we're only jumping 14. Like, we should be jumping 18. Like, what? Yeah. But he can't relearn it because he was taught by his dad, and he's a great athlete, and he does good things. But he was taught big arms. You know, you got to have big arms, well, big plant, big arms. And, and it's, like, and it's um, almost like people forget the stories. You know, I'll never forget, you know, the Sam Shepard story, right? It was Sam Shepard. She jumped 12-6 as an eighth grader, right? And then she jumped 12-6 as a high school senior, you know? And she was maybe even collegiate. Yeah. Senior. Yeah. And it's like, and she was a girl that jumped on 14-foot poles, big grip. But because she just blocked herself out, she could never cover the jump. And that was it. And... And it's wild because, you know, even I've had Katarina, I've had Sandy on, on the podcast, and even Katie Najat, who now she's a 16, you know, one uh, woman right. as well. And they're all on 14 sevens. They're gripping between 14, 14, six to jump 16 foot bars. And meanwhile, you, you think there's, there's females out there that are gripping 13, six, 14, and they can't jump 13, six, you know? So, I mean, people forget how important that is. And if you really learn to block too hard, it's hard to reteach that, you know? No, uh, again, I'm not, you know, someone would look at that and be like, I'm not proud of kind of, I forgot that because by the time he jumped, then two years later when he jumped to 16-6, you know, he was making more space, he was moving more right. ball. And hey, that was Abby's progression too. She was a 13-2 high school Paul Walter ended up at 13, 10 and change or whatever. But I remember like, okay, well now we got to, you know, move more pole. We got to make, get that left hand above. That was on, you gave, given me a couple of interesting things. I remember when mm -hmm. you were in the gym and we were doing small drills, whatever drill we were doing, you mm -hmm. were like, well, remember what you need to do is the left hand's got to go above the head. As long as you're getting the left hand, doesn't matter if your arm's broken and bent mm -hmm. in a 90, because that's more the angle of the pole than anything. Yeah. As long as you're getting that plant, then now I call it the fiberglass between your hands is what's important. As long as yeah. that's going up over your head, then you're getting your chest to come through and you're getting that stretch, you know, reflex that yeah. I know that, that Butler likes to call that. Yeah. But there's tremendous power in that. Right. And, and you know, it's funny because I, so many people and – you know, it's almost like uh, I feel like every industry or every art form, you know, it's like you have to pay tribute to something. And I feel like in the pole vault, a lot of people almost like they pay tribute to this like, ex uh, you know, extended bottom arm, you know, and it's like, oh, you can't collapse the bottom arm, you know. But the thing is, sometimes you do that as an expense. And what people don't realize is like you really have to earn not having a collapsed left arm. I mean, if you're dealing with a young high school athlete who's just learning the pole vault, who's gripping really low, I think they're going to have a collapsed left arm, you know, or a collapsed bottom arm, you know. And as they develop and as they jump up and as they become active off the ground, then that, that bottom arm becomes less and less collapsed, you know. But I, I feel like sometimes when you force that on a kid, like, I mean, if you imagine like, Imagine like, you know, a five foot tall girl gripping, you know, 10, six. I, I can't imagine that girl, you know, having an extended bottom arm. I mean, that's just the angles that you're playing with there. That's just not going to happen. She'd block herself out, you know, but, uh, being again, the devil's asking on that is yeah. I have 
have seen, not, you know, picking any state out in particular, Texas, where they, <laughs> would, where they would coach that. I mean, that's it, man. They're just running hard, lock out that bottom arm, and we'll figure it out as we, as yeah. we go and get better. So, very good coach one of the best in the NCAAs year after year, mm-hmm. he looked at my kids, you know, done, doing camps with us, and he was like, oh, you know, I see you teach them to swing and then try to get them to pressure the pole, and I teach them how to pressure the pole and hope to get them to swing. And that was a good summation of yeah. the way we did, we did, you know, that, that we did our styles. And I think, you know, certainly both have been successful, and I you know, would definitely say that I've always been more of a swing guy. But again, yeah. when you told me that, I was like, yeah, that's right. As long as, I mean, okay, the bottom arm is bent into a 90, but did she get hammered? Was there a big shock, or did the pole keep moving? The pole kept moving, and she rode and made even more space and, yeah. and catched up to the pole and came off of it. I mean, it's a good-looking jump. So Right, right. I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people sometimes don't see a big left arm, and they think, the kid hugged or or got hammered, yeah. but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, right? You you you, you have to watch the pole speed. Yeah. Sure. Right. Right. You have to watch the pole speed. I mean, yeah. If the pole's coming and whack, it comes to a stop until the kid runs into it, right. and then it starts moving. Well, we got a problem there. But this is for your listeners. Here's the way I look at it: If you come running in and you press at the pole, yeah, you made the pole move, but what stopped? You did. You stopped yeah. your chest from moving forward because, you know, for every action, there's a equal and opposite, you know, reaction. So right. Okay, you're, you, you chose to block on that pole. Now, you've stopped moving your body forward because you think you need to put that energy into the pole. But you got to keep the energy in both. Well, but, yeah. And, and then, I mean, you may get that initial pole speed, but not only do you lose speed on your jump, but then the, the pole stalls out. It'll have that initial maybe like quarter turn of pole speed, but then it slows down and then the kid slows down, like you said. Yeah, um, and it's hard because you have to explain it. They can't visualize it. So then right. how I see it is, yep, you move the pole, it's bent, and now when it's bent at its maximum, where are you? You haven't even swung yet. So yeah. by the time you start trying to swing on the pole, it unloads on you and it, and it you know, throw, basically throws you off. So, right, and it's not lined up, and that's where you get yeah. all that. Like a lot of times, you'll see kids get a lot of chest height on a pole, but their hips, yeah. their legs, they didn't go anywhere. You know? Yeah. You don't show me a still frame of your jump because I need to see. Because you can pick anything. Look at I'm two feet over it, and it's like if you go back, you're like, wait a minute, your thigh hit it on. You know, you missed yeah. there because you were whirly late on the turn, so you're not two feet over. Right. That's what you and I call for your list. Your list. Yeah. We call chest blow. So right. Figure, if you line it up and can come through the jump, that's your ultimate, yeah, that's what you should be jumping if you can come through the pole and, and line it up. Like, that chest blow is your potential, but that doesn't mean you just get that. Like, you know, you got to earn Yeah, that. yeah. Well, and I guess, the, I guess uh, you know, to kind of change the, the, the subject a little bit, but I think what allows us to see all these things, you know, is just the countless hours and the countless vaulters that we've coached. I mean, what what would you say, um, like, at its height when you were at, at, still in PA coaching vertical assault, how many kids would you see on a Sunday alone? Um, that's what we had to put in a second pit. So we try to keep 
keep it to eight on a runway, so we could fill up not all of them, but a bunch. So that would be sixteen. And if we ran five pits, what is that? Eighty. Yeah. Pits. Wow. And and I wouldn't say we would all because when you got to the later day, uh, the later ones like you knew it was yeah. funny. Sometimes I think back. I was like, wait a minute. If you didn't jump 12 in the girls' class, you had to go to the other little pit. Like, you, know, right. you had to jump 12 just to get on. So you'd have eight girls jumping 12 or higher. And that wasn't always the case. But basically, yeah, yeah we could see, um, so say a couple of those are smaller. So I bet you we would minimally see 60 kids on yeah. Monday. Yeah. So, so you have to have a system. How do you not have a system? So for your listeners, right. Um, you can find this other places, but you're like, hey, we're going to use this almost as a warm-up. Like, we both certainly do our skipping warm-ups, our run mm-hmm. drills, holes in our hands, hurdle mobility, um, well, and, um, and how about stuff. Yeah, so you, you have that whole routine and, and a way right. – one, a way to introduce new members – how to do right. that. I mean, like, think about that. I mean, I'm sure both of us, we could almost seamlessly introduce a new kid into the group. You know what I mean? Because we, we just have a way of teaching everything. And then yeah. how about something as simple as just the way you mark the polls? Maybe, maybe you want to explain that a little bit, how that helps with the system and that helps the kids learn the numbers, you know? Well, it's, it's real interesting because for your listeners, I'm in a new situation. So I'm at a new school, new state. You know, doing everything new, walking into a system that they don't even, you know, the tape that's on the pole might have been on there 15 years yeah. ago. It's kind of like, you know, you can retake these poles. Like, I, can't, <laughs> I just sometimes can't stand that. But the kids were looking and they're like, oh, you have your poles marked on the bottom also. And I'm like, yeah, and also I have them color coded. So, like, yellow poles for me are 12 foot poles, doesn't matter what color it is, but it's just yeah. telling you guys that if it's a yellow pole, they're all the same length. If it's an orange right. pole, it's all the same length. So so we don't grab wrong poles so we can right. kind of get them. So then we would mark um, where the tape is, we would mark the hand grip. Now, we tend to go in increments of three. I mean, I've seen yeah. people even go one inch, and I don't, it's like the mid-mark. It doesn't matter really exactly that, but right, it's right. that you have a system. So, you know, the 11 foot, let's say the 12 foot pole, the 11 foot is marked and it says 11, and then you have three dots indicating on the way down, 10-9, 10-6, 10-3. On the way up, 11-3, 11-6. For your listeners on a UCS Spirit, you can hold 12-7 on a, I mean 11-7 on a 12-foot pole yeah. so you get to the band. So so they know. And um, also my one coach here, and he's like, you know, why do you have two different colors? And I'm like, well, that's usually for my guys because they don't always hold what I tell them. So right. I have the color change where the foot is. So when I'm watching video, I'm like, Joe, yeah. did I tell you to hold 12 feet? I can see that you're holding like 12-5 on that pole. That's right. why it sunk on you and you didn't make it. Come on, we're a team. we got to work together. Like, right. I'm not trying to hold you back. This is, and that's another thing that I tell my kids and for your listeners. It's yeah. like, the kids have to know, like, if you win, I win. You know? Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't gain anything by you not doing well. So I'm trying to do all this in your best interest. But on yeah. your eyes right now for the, you're running and doing, and I'm telling you what you're doing the best that I can. So, you know, I'm sure cert- I'm certainly a guy that likes their input. What you feel, what do you think, this and that. But I'm also the one that's making the 
decision on whether it was over-gripped, under-gripped, are we going up poles, did you come out of the back too fast, that's another thing that the mid really gives right. you a lot, kids hit yeah. up 45 all the time, he's going to the next bar, all of a sudden he comes through, he's like out of 47, you're like, yeah. oh, this is going to be terrible, Right. and other coaches are like, what do you mean, he was on the same takeoff mark, and you're like, yeah, but he had to overstride, they right, to get there, he yeah, came out of the back to get there, that's why it was just, it was, you know, terrible yeah, takeoff. So, um, so yeah. So the poles are marked um, for grip height, mm-hmm. so we can kind of easy go to the efficiency chart. Hopefully, it's easy for the kid to remember. Oh yeah, when I'm jumping at eleven, I'm holding eleven six, or I'm holding eleven. Right. Oh, I can get efficient. Well, so well, even you know, you know how it is. I mean, you know, our kids finish their warm ups, and depending on what we're doing that day, let's say it's like, hey, Sally, let's start at a three. Well, because the poles are all marked, Sally knows, like, well, one, I jump on an 11, 6, 120, and when I go to a three, I grip 10, you know, I, maybe I run from 34, 33, you know what I mean? Like, they, they know their numbers, and it's not that every time we have to hold their hands, and oh my goodness. I mean, I, I feel like we don't even have to talk about this, but I'll just bring this up. I, I mean, if you're having your kids run their steps back, I mean, could you imagine, how would that work at our clubs? Could you imagine, like, eight kids on the runway yeah, having to run their steps be, back? Hey, it would be like, um, okay, well, we're out of time, so maybe when you come back next week, we can do some vaulting, because everybody was running the wrong way for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do that with that many people. Right. And it's even, it's just as bad at meets, because you have kids ready to warm up, and they're standing back, and they're ready, oh, and everybody looks like they have to clear off the runway. Right. This guy wants to run down, and he's running now with the tailwind, and he can't understand why you run the other way. He can't get in. Right. So, um, and another thing that I would say for your listeners that I use, and I don't know if it is Jan's thing, but sometimes the pole isn't taped that low for when you're doing, you know, certain right. drills, ones, twos. Right. So we use that system, which I'm sure you do too. Hey, mm-hmm. standing grip plus. Right. Yeah. And to give your listeners what we kind of do right now, I don't have a great group of kids that have been through the system, so they're learning, yeah. but if we're doing a one-step takeoff, that's two contacts, that's the one left takeoff, I should say, two right. contacts, come on, I mean, I think as Jan said the one time, your grandmother should get in with standing grip plus an arm. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, standing grip, one arm, anybody, listen, if you can't get in standing grip plus an arm from two contacts, work like what Petro said, uh, Pole vault's not your problem. Like, you know, yeah. you need to find something else to do. But right. I would say what they would want to do is standing grip plus an arm and two fists from a one. And you're jumping that pole and trying to take off and move the pole and not pass it. And as yeah. they get better, and if there's pole speed, you give them more resistance, which yeah. is no pole bend, so it's obviously grip height. Yeah. And then maybe you give them a little bit of room. Let's say, you know, our typical, everybody... Like Bill Regan always used to say, oh, I can coach the pole vault. Yeah. Raise your grip, move it back a half. He's like, that's all you ever say is raise yeah. your grip, move it back a half. Yeah. So for your listeners, they're going up one grip, they're moving back six inches, and they're trying to run the same so they don't jump from the same spot. They're trying to run the same, and hopefully they're taking off six inches further out. Yeah. If your kid moves the pole, guess what? He's earned the right to raise your grip again. Well, eventually, that pole's going to slow down and stall, and he's you know, reach his one yeah. grip max. And he should actually record that. Right. And then it's like, okay, Joey, you're not done. Let's go back to two laps. Right. And you can start out with the same grip and boom, oh, pole's moving fast again. Yeah, because you're running from twice as 
well right. as you just ran from. So we go through that same process, and we're going up a grip and adjusting the step until, you know, it slows down, and they've now reached their two-step maximum. Well, we can do that, you know, to threes, maybe even to fours. Now, for us, well, we're not planting typically. We still have to pull above our head. Right, but, um, but just, to, just to stop you for a second, like even there, the way you explain that, you know, you're, you're getting max effort jumping from a one. You're getting max effort jumping from a two and then, you know, so on and so forth, depending on how you planned out the practice. But it's like, that's the, the other interesting thing I think about your system, you know, which, you know, a lot of what I do is based off of what you did. You know, we're getting max effort pole vaulting just depending on how many lefts we're at. You know what I mean? And that's something that people don't realize. Like you constantly have to be pushing that max effort when, when kids are jumping. Now, obviously we're not talking about every single day. I mean, I I would think, I don't know if you agree with this. I would think a maximum of two, like maybe uh, medium to big days a week and then a drill session once a week. You know, I, I wouldn't want my, my guys jumping more often than that. Um, but when you are jumping, you're getting a max effort. It just depends on how many lefts you're at. So that, that's something where it really is easy to track progress because if, let's say, Johnny used to be able to roll over 11-6 grip from a two left approach and now he's gripping 10-9, you know something's wrong, you know? Right. Right. And that's, um, um, in a perfect world, they would be able to either record that or take a, you know, their special piece of tape and mark that yeah. and be like, that's my record from two. Right. You can set records from one, from two, whatever. So that's my max effort. And then, you know, they train, they're doing their thing, especially with beginners. They're like, right. oh, I'm about three grips higher than I used to be. Right. Because, you know, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of good, um, you know, things happening. Plus, they can almost self-assess. Like, oh, gee, like I got hammered. Oh, I'm taking yeah. up under. I'm reaching. I'm whatever. So, yeah, so you can do that from... You know, I'll even do that from threes. That was that three-step straight pole test right. um, with a plant. And, you know, what I've heard mm-hmm. and what I've found is that some of my better girls could hold 50 inches higher than their standing grip from their three. So Okay, yeah. Sometimes we would put the tape, you know, a tape measure out against the wall and everybody grips. For me, it's like seven feet. Okay, so I'm holding seven feet. And then by the time I'm done with my three-step, you know, I'm holding 11 feet, maybe, yeah. and, you know, 11 and some change. Yeah. And yes, there's an eight-inch drop for the box, but don't even worry right. about that. Just record. So, right. And what's funny about athletes is they come in, and Susie came in and is like, oh, it says Judy jumped 50 else on her three-step. She held 50 inches. Well, guess what Sally did? She went 52 inches that yeah. day. So you're like, oh, so they're giving max effort. And they know, hey, if you pull right off the ground on a straight pull, we're, you know, yeah. we're not moving the pull. If you take yeah. off under, if you don't give effort, you know, right. all things count. All yeah, you don't have count. that plant timing down. So, something's going to happen. So, and, yep. and it's funny because... Uh, I just started, like, I, I've had record boards up at the club. I have, like, uh, PR records, push records, and then some lifting right. records. But then, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, it, now the records are up there where if a record, uh, one or two records get broken a year, that's a pretty good year. Um, but I want something to motivate the kids more often. Like you said, so now I have a leaderboard for the weekly practice, 
of like bungees wrapped, pull, grip on a pole, and, and yeah. whatever, whatever workout they did. And man, it is super motivating. I, I literally have had kids break records back to back to back sessions. You know what I mean? And then, and it's almost like, and you can see the kids competing against one another, you know, almost a rivalry starting within the club. And that's super, super important. And I mean, it's something that we've talked about in the past too. You're like, you know, the benefit of having the club and having all those good kids is like they push each other. You know, if you, if you're the big dog all by yourself and like, imagine, imagine being the, the 12 foot girl and the next best girl at your high school jumps nine. Who's pushing you? You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I think those training groups help tremendously, you know? I think, um, what, just for my, I mean, for your listeners, but just yeah. for me, what were some of the other things that you record besides like, Oh, how high someone can I, pull from a three on a nine. Yeah, so I mean, like, like right now we just finished our, our, like, uh, where I wasn't letting them go back past the three. So we were doing a lot right. of drills from ones, twos, and threes. So I would right. put max grip from the three. I was putting, uh, you know, biggest bungee wrapped from a three. Um, and then I was putting whatever lifts. So like for some people, like we've been putting down their deadlift, their pull-ups with weight. They're, you know, and we're, right now we've been doing 10 reps. This, uh, next week we'll change to eight reps. So it's like they're just putting in their, their max efforts, you know. So I, I had one of my boys, I think, did 325 for 12 reps in deadlift. I had one of my girls, uh, did 200 for 10 in deadlift and she only weighs 115. And then, um, I think, yeah, one of my girls wrapped 13 from a three. Uh, the best grip was 11. For girls and then for boys right now, a 15-6 bungee from a three with, I think it was 12 or 12-3 grip, you know. So th- those, and that's just like, I mean, just putting a leaderboard like that, that helps a lot, you know what I mean? Because the kids really, really push each other and um, and it was funny. I mean, th- these are things that people do all over the place. I, uh, I went to Ohio State for a con- uh, strength and conditioning convention and we went into the weight room and it was so funny. One of my guys was with me who coaches and he's like looking at the, they basically had a leaderboard for, for lifting for the football team at Ohio State. And he's like, these numbers aren't that good. But I said, wait, Calvin, you don't get it. This isn't the records. These are like to be a competitor on the team. You got to hit these numbers. To be a champ on this team, you got to hit these numbers. But these aren't the records. This is just to be a part of the team, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice board that they had up. And you know, in fact, I mean, just talking with you right now, that could be something you know that we could put up. You know, it's like if you want to be a competitor, you got to be able to hit these numbers. If you want to be a champ, you got to be able to hit these numbers. And then, then here's our records. You know. Um, I was gonna say, tell them also that the other um, chart that, and I don't know if it's his. The one that mm. we got from Lane at the summit, which says, okay, if you can jump this from, you know, a one left, you should right. get tied, two left. Because I found that incredibly accurate. Yeah. I've had a bunch of kids, for your listeners, sometimes, yeah. you know, we get stale. Kids, the boys especially, like to compete. So we'll have, like, a two-step competition. Right. And I noticed that, you know, the more you kind of left them alone, just kind of almost supervised and made sure no one was, going to be injured, but, yeah. you know, after about 10 minutes, you're like, hey, uh, John, go get a big, go up a pole, and, hey, yeah. uh, Joe, you go up a, a grip, and then you get a next pole, and then a half hour later, 
you ask the kid, he's like, yeah, I just went up four poles. Right. I went up, I went up four grips and like a bunch of those kids jumped 11 from a two, uh, from a four contact. Of two right. Grips. And then I found that chart and I was like, it says that those guys, yeah, every one of those kids was a minimum of a 14 foot pole holder. Yeah. yeah. And when you look at that chart, so the kids that I had here that jumped 12, seven, guess what we did? I'm like, dude, you're going to be doing ones. He's doing two. Yeah. And I went full jump. Then he's trying to jump 11. He's jumping 11 from a two-step. He's like, I don't see how this works. He goes to his first feet, jumps 14 feet. And I'm like, just look at the charts. Yeah, like, yeah. The numbers. They don't lie. Well, and, so, and, and it's funny. So it's like when you run the numbers and you have a system, you, you can manipulate all this. And, and look, I want to bring this up again. I mean, like you said, you would see a minimum of 60 kids on a Sunday, maybe up to 80. Yep. You know, you, you're having about well over 100 kids a season and you're running, what, four, four seasons? How, how exactly did you do it at Vertical? Four seasons a year? Or I know you guys had intercession too. Like, so. Yeah, we actually did um, five. We had, we split winter up, like, kind of early oh, right. winter and, mm-hmm. then, and then later winter and then um, spring. Uh, so it was five sessions, usually four days a week, and there was usually two classes. Like, a, actually, mm-hmm. sometimes I think I even went three to five, six, three to five, four thirty, six thirty, six to eight. So some days we would yeah. sneak in. But, I mean, that's, that's a lot. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, well what I, I guess my, my point with that is that because you saw that volume of kids, you know, and so you're seeing 100 kids a season and over however many years, you know what I mean? So, I, I mean, if you can give me a rough estimate, how many pole vaulters have you coached, do you think, at this point in your life? Well, I don't think when I started, so 20 years ago, right. you, couldn't say, you couldn't say 100 kids for 20 years. Yeah, but, right. Gee, I would say, so 10 years would be a 1,000. I would say over a 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, I, I, I mean, look, I would even go out there and say when you even can, uh, count in, like, stuff like camps and stuff, and, and we'll talk about the camp in a second, but, you know, you're probably close to 2,000 vaulters. And so, I mean, my point with that is just the reason I've had, you know, so much respect for you over the years, because, you know, I, I've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of different people about Povol and learn from so many different people. But when you have to handle that high a volume of athletes, and like you said, you're t- only putting eight kids on the runway at a time. It's not like we, you know, me and you, we don't put 35 kids on the runway and it's not romper room, you know, it's not the public right, pool, right. you know? So it's like, we're just, we've figured out a way to handle that kind of a volume of kids throughout the week and to see that many vaulters, like, I I know I can trust your eye. You know, where, you know, again, I'm not trying to speak bad about anybody, but when you think about some of these people, some people have even coached, you know, male athletes over 18 feet, maybe coached female athletes over 15 feet, but they're maybe coaching, you know, three to 10 athletes a year. So if that, that, even if we go with the number 10, if that guy's coaching 10 years, he's seen a hundred kids in 10 years. I don't know, you know, it's like how many experiences could that person have had? I mean, I, I had, um, you know, coach Winder on and he was talking about it because he, he like us would have a hundred kids every summer at his camp. And he's like, you know, he goes, I've experienced a hundred problems this summer. He goes, so if you have a problem with your vaulter, more likely than not, I've experienced that problem, you know? And so that's, that's why it's like, 
you know, time, time and again, I, I end up contacting you and we talk because if I have an issue, I know you've probably already experienced it, you know? And that would lead into, uh, you know, my style, which mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I was going to sometimes I say, oh, well, I didn't invent any, of, invent any of this stuff. But then when I think about it, it's like, well, sometimes you did because you had to. Yeah. You started noting tendencies. But what I'm getting at is that my style or how I think it could be and should be coached is through progressions. Like, so right. a kid has a problem. So we always... So for the audience, what we're trying to do is we want to finish with a full jump, meaning it doesn't. we're not talking about a full jump, he's on seven left. What we mean is full jump is completion of the full jump. Right. But because we're going through a progression, I feel like sometimes where Brian says that on, the, on one of his interviews, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I think Mike has a great eye for seeing what you're doing wrong and figures out a way to fix whatever that is. Right. And that's just, again, through a progression. So this kid, you know, doesn't, this, this kid doesn't, you know, jump and get his knee up. He kind of drops it and pulls down on the pole. So, hey, that progression would be like, sorry, dude, but we're going to have to straight pole. And if you go and try to do that, it's not going to go well. Well, we're going to start small. And uh, what you just said before, if you can't do it, from this one step, what makes you think you can come in from seven right. left, haul in butt, and it's going to go well? It's not. Like, yeah. You know, so you have to do it from a one and earn yourself to go to a two and yeah. earn yourself to go to a three. And yes, I understand. I mean, we're coaches where you live in the real world, so we know at some point it does fall apart. Right. Because um, you've only been doing it a week and now two weeks and even a month and sometimes even a season. Like, yeah, they got better. Hey, tell them the great story of Anna, when she was in at the armory, and, and you didn't even know it was her. And yeah, well, like, oh, she looks good. You're like, what are you talking about? That's not. Yeah, well, like, well it's 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 so funny because I know you told me the story about when uh, Coach P from Moravian told you, like, oh, we got this 11 foot girl Anna Heim coming to Moravian, and you, <laughs> what did you say? You saw her miss the mat at states. <laughs> she was on a three left because she got hurt at practice. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, she's maybe one of the favorites at the time. She's yeah. got three left because she, she's hurt. She's got this big pad on her back, heat pad or something. Mm-hmm. And she's jumping and she missed the mat two out of three times. Oh, three my goodness. And yeah. I'm standing there coaching our athletes. Yeah. I just, I don't even really know her. He's just, right. Hey, she's coming. And I'm looking at him. So he looks over at me and he goes, What's she doing? Like, what's going wrong? I'm like, I'm not a coach. What are you <laughs> like, he's asking me, like, to do something there. Yeah. And it was. It was just, it just wasn't a good situation. Right. And, I mean, maybe and, she cleared a bar or whatever, but it was just, like, a right. an and, athletic kid. Right. She, she was a nice, tall girl. And I, I remember I, I when the time you're talking about I'm I'm in there in the summer and Anna comes down and oh my god her plant was so late she was so flat at takeoff and she was over bending the pole I'm like I kind of stood back I was like ah like I thought the pole was gonna break and you're like what that's how she jumps <laughs> well you were probably think Mike's gonna jump up and freak out and I'm yeah like, what no I, that's what I've been watching like, yeah <laughs> and you're like how can you let like this is good. This is actually, this, she's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell the audience, so then what, right. you know, a year later? Not even, not even. It must have been six months. It must have been six yeah. months. And I'm at the armory with you. And I see this blonde girl jumping from Moravian. And I'm like, oh my God, who's this? She looks great, man. You're like, that's Anna. I go, no, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I didn't believe you at first that it was Anna. I mean, you had you completely revamped her jump. Anna? Yeah. You have two girls named Anna. Because someone, I thought you asked someone, and they were like, no, that's Anna, Anna Hunt. And you're like, no, it can't. Like, there's yeah. no way that that happened. Right. And again, for your listeners, you know, she was a girl that could overbend, and I called it kind of a spider jump. Like, she would really break at the hips and be underneath the pole, yeah, the pole yeah. fully loaded, and she's not moving anymore. And it would unbend and fly. And anytime I saw that happen, it was like, Anna, I'd put her on a 1250 from a two or maybe a three, whatever it was. And she could use, because it would help her, a yeah. slight bend in the pole. But I'm talking about she would jump fast when she'd have like a six inch deflection in the pole. Yeah. And she would swing straight, get to the top, and it would be fixed. And then as you would go back, it would be there, be looking good. And then all of a sudden, you know, it'd start like when she'd get aggressive, it would just sometimes just go to crap and you're like okay we got to come back in and, and that's just what you know fixed her and you're yeah. talking about again a girl that um you know was very close to jumping 14 feet yeah um yeah, I mean, I, I told you, I mean, after her senior year, she had just, you know, won indoor and outdoor nationals and broke, set the records. And I was like, man, I think she's really ready now to go big, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it, it, that kind of brings up a different point and, uh, you know, kind of can slide in, but it's like, that's where it's a, almost a shame. Like, I feel like if pole vault was a little bit bigger or if, you know, there are more clubs out there and systems where, you know, maybe Anna could have continued after college. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you look at stuff like CrossFit. I mean, CrossFit is so popular. So many people do it, you know, and it's it's almost like, you know, more acceptable, right? Like if you're an adult and you have a full-time job and you do CrossFit and you're trying to go to CrossFit regionals, it's totally okay. But then it's like people give you a funny look if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm still pole vaulting after college. And people are like, what? Are you professional? Like that's like as if that's the only acceptable response. Like if you're going to the Olympics, then maybe you know. I would say for your listeners, the difference is okay. So you got Anaheim and you got Abby Schaefer. Anaheim's five nine. You would you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably five nine. Abby's five three. Like when Abby got done pole vaulting at hundred and ten pounds, yeah. jump fourteen feet. People were like, "Oh, are you guys gonna keep going?" I'm like, "Keep going." Like. We're done. Like, I don't yeah. know, you know, what else you want yeah. her to do. But, right. But you're right, because then you have Anna, someone who, but I coached Abby from eighth grade. So yeah. She always had that jump. And then you had Anna who came in and was like, man, after four years, like you said, hey, it's looking good. Like, it's, you could probably get something going and, and yeah. jump 15 feet back then, which would have, you know, made you one of the top five or whatever it was back, yeah. back then. So, I mean, people are different, too. Not well, saying, you know, not trying to, to uh, throw shade on the little girl, but, nah. they, you know, well, things are, you know, that's, well, a small, that's a small kid, 110 pounds, 5'3", jumping 1310. Right. Job. Well, well e- even even this, what you know, those two examples of Abby and Anna, you know, that says a lot uh, about, you know, everything that we're trying to explain through, like, the idea of, like, having a system in place. One, right. you could see where an Abby, you know, who, you know, five foot three, hundred ten pounds, because she's in this system. And of course, I think Abby had talents, you know, Abby was talented, but that smaller girl was, was able to, you know, beat the mid chart, you know, jump way above her grip. And because she was in a system that long, able to kind of like almost become a black belt 
in the sport of pole vault, you know, uh-huh. and, and master the sport and jump that high. And, but you could see it as a coach and Abby could kind of do the mental math herself where it's like, all right, yeah, I could, ju- everybody can always jump a little bit higher, but how much? Whereas like right. now me and you are like, well, Anna doesn't have as many training years. She only has four years of formal training in college and that, and she's five foot nine, you know, there's more gas in the tank, you know, and those are things that me and you can see, you know, that I think sometimes a lot of other people, they don't see, they just look at the bar cleared and they're like, oh, wow, you know, that person jumps high. Like, you know, you think they can make it? And it's like, they're not, they don't see the things that we're, we're looking at sometimes. And not, not only that, but you know, you almost have to talk about, um, training or cleaning the system or you know it was about a year of her like kind of undoing and feeling and I know you like to use uh, UFC uh, or jujitsu and those other martial arts so Abby as a young kid learned to roll with you know black belts or whatever ingrained in the system and and, you know she only knows one way of hit and swing and and, doing the thing where where you know, the other kid is trying to break motor patterns and create new right. ones. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely, and that's the advantage of of that system, of being in it. And it's the advantage of um, getting in it young. Hopefully, you can't always control that. But the kid, the first experience they have is, is in a system and not just, you know, I don't want to go into the horror stories of, of some of the pole vault. I just saw someone's doing some, you know, training. They're... You know, down in Texas, and they're tapping this kid, and yeah. they're like, "Come to us, we'll get you on the big pole." And you're like, "Wait, big pole? Like what? I don't care. Like, yeah, a pole. Well, like my kid here asked me, well, what pole was that kid on when he jumped at? I'm like, I, I don't know, the right one. Is yeah. Like, well, how big was it? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I could probably ask him. I could probably find out, but I don't. You know, it doesn't matter to me what pole he's on. It's what? only you get points for jumping on a bigger or Right. And it it was so funny. I remember doing a camp uh, somewhere and I had one of my little guys. He's a little high school guy. He he ended up jumping 13 and he's at this camp and I think he was on a 12 foot pole and he was probably like wrapping a 14 bungee gripping 11 and just, you know, just really hooking up. And this other kid who was already gripping 12, six on a 13 foot pole couldn't wrap the 14 foot bungee. And I'm trying to explain to the kid, you know, you got to swing, you got to hook up, you know, all this stuff. And the kid walks over. He's like, well, can I try the 12-foot pole? And I laugh. I go, that's not a magic pole. And I'm like, now you're going to go from 12-6 to 11-6. You're not going to go any higher. And he's like, no, no, let me try that pole. And he comes down. And he's like, even worse. You know what I mean? Because now he doesn't have enough resistance, you know, but he doesn't get it, you know. And it's like, yeah, people think there's like magic poles out there. No, like, like you said, you have to be on the right pole. You know? Yeah. So. And I think um, what will be important is, and I wanted to do it, I didn't get in it, but somebody canceled on a clinic up mm-hmm. here, and I was just like, oh, if I'm going to give a talk and do this clinic, I was at the one before, and I just thought it, you know, it wasn't what the people needed because it was like, hey, you know, this is for the coach who's never coached the pole vault, and I think that's very important. Yeah. Like, these people have coached track and field, I'm sure, but somehow they've been, you know, delegated to, okay, you got to coach a pole vault, and they're probably panicked. 
So, you know, I go in there and the guy starts his presentation and like, oh, we do this on the high bar, then we do this on the rings, and we jump off the platform and we're doing this. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. These people don't have any, they don't have rings and ropes. Yeah. They're just out at a high school. Like, what are you, what are you going to do with this, this, this kid or these kids the first day? Hey, 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 I, I mean, right. the problem was is he didn't really address that. Yeah. Like, okay, it's great to have apparatuses, but we're outside. Most of these yeah. people aren't going to have any of that. They don't run clubs. So, um, yeah. you know, your your one podcast would be hard without visual. visual right. Like, okay, well, what do I do on day one? I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Like, hey, every poll should have fresh tape and be marked so you know yeah. how high they're holding. I mean, your yeah. runway should be marked. Yeah, no, you got to no, have a tape no, measure down or mark yeah, it, yeah. You got to have it. I mean, I wouldn't even say tape measure. I mean, take the time, make a little stencil and stencil the runway because, yeah. you know, what takes you three hours to do is going to save you that tenfold and, oh, he, he just kicked the run. Oh, it won't stick yeah. the rain. The tape won't yeah, what yeah. do. We don't have a tape. We, where are we going to go? Right. So, yeah, you got to set up those systems if you're going to be proficient. And for us, it's working through volume. But yeah. it's also, even if you don't have the huge volume, I mean, you got to know where to start from. And yeah. we just talked about, like, grip height. Jumping the pole to vertical, it's your right. job to move that pole. Um, then we teach the kid how to swing on it. Um, sometimes, I mean, your explanation with the other girl was great because you had yeah. her line and you knew, like, listen, if she's jumping for distance in the pit, that's teaching her how to keep a pole moving and yeah. rolling it over. Mm-hmm. And now she's moving. So my thing for your listeners, and they probably can't, uh, and, and this is, podcast has been going on, so I hope we're not boring them, but no, no. I think of the pole vault in two lines. So the pole's a straight line, and it's moving, and for essence, in the beginning, the vaulter is a straight line, and those two straight lines have to keep moving and meet up over yeah. the pit and going out the end of the pit. I mean, that's where you start. Like, right. you if you put a bungee up and give a kid a pole, he's going to take off the ground, and he's going to pull himself up or try to climb the pole or get in a little ball yeah and well, and that's what he's gonna do and if you do that long enough he's gonna think that or she's gonna think that's pole vaulting right I yeah jump off the ground and try to you know pick my feet up and get in a little ball and try to get over this thing and, and it's so funny because and and ju- also just i i know i use the cue pole but i i i know what you're talking about like like you're talking about someone who's hugging the pole, you know what right, I mean? Right. And and when I say pull, I talk about with the bottom arm and accelerating the swing. But that that aside, yeah. But right. And well, what I was going to say is you can see that progression in kids because they start out like that, and you know they're not clearing their bottom arm because you know even that you can't get your hips above your bottom arm if you're hugging like that. But right. then you see it as they progress through high school, and maybe that boy now becomes six foot tall, and now he's jumping on a fifteen. But it's still he, even if he gives it big arms, like big arms initially, big bend, and then a huge collapse and ball up, and that's where right. you get a guy who's gripping fourteen and maybe jumping thirteen. You know, yeah. it just it never goes away. You know. And I try to tell my kids in the beginning, like, listen, this isn't natural what we're trying to do. Like yeah. nothing when we're born is natural. So guess what? When you come running down here, and I try to exaggerate this, but when you come running down here and jump off the earth, you've left the planet. The only thing that's connecting you to the planet is this little piece of plastic. And I'm telling you that I want you to move it away from you and swing upside down yeah. and everything. And your body's like, no, 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 no. I want 
Yeah. And keep it very close to me. And now that there's a bungee up, I'm going to pick my feet up in a little ball. And, and when I say pull on it, meaning pull it yeah, towards yeah. the runway, mm-hmm. meaning because that's the only thing they have. So we're yeah. like, well, I might as well pull this thing this way to go that way. And right. Say, no, 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 that doesn't work that way. So that's the hard thing for the beginning pole vaulters. Like, hey, you're really asking a kid. Like, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm asking this kid to run as fast as he can, jump off the ground, swing on a piece of plastic, and get upside down. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But it's through all the little progressions. It's through your Gabby line drill, which we call the flyaway drill, yeah. which is, you know, one of the essential uh, Tom at Kansas and, um, and Arkansas coach call it the connection drill because it is you're connected yeah. with the top of the pole mm-hmm. or your whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah yeah no i i i, I love that term even connection because it is it's like you're trying to make that connection with the pole and the swing and you know line everything up and you know and and it's funny and you know you bring up you know, I think two very strong programs, you know, out there in Kansas and, and Arkansas with Brian Compton. You know, that that's almost another thing, too, that I guess somewhat I get frustrated about is and, – and I think if – by putting out more content like this, I'm hoping that more people are, are searching out and trying to learn what we're talking about because – Unfortunately, I think we've both had situations where we've had kids work with us and they go on to colleges where, you know, it's tough out there. There's not enough coaches out there for sure. And then, you know, you have people that are very like almost part time and the equipment's not good. I mean, how, how vital is that even? I mean, what, what would you say about that? I mean, what? No, there, there's some tragedies out there with my kids. And that's a little bit of the problem. Like sometimes I don't want to call it overcoaching. I don't want to call it dependent because we have a job to do and that's how we do it through the system. But I mean, I've had 12, you know, six girls, girls that are, you know, state champions yeah. or whatever and go to D1 programs. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, we, we, we went out there and they brought out the bag of poles and they just open up and spill them all out and they're, they're different lengths, they're different colors, there's no marks on them, there's no yeah. marks on the runway. I can't do anything, like, I couldn't do anything, like, there was nothing there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, are we making our kids too dependent? But then also I'm thinking, well, how hard it is, is it to, like, I guess in NASCAR you have a speedometer. Because right. Because you know what you can hold that corner at. Like, if yeah. you're going too fast, you're going to lose. If you're going too slow, you're going to get past. So right. numbers are kind of good things. Yeah, well, and, and, and here's the thing, like, you know, I, I wrote an article even saying, like, you know, on meet day, we're crew chiefs, and you need a crew chief, you know, you can't, pole vaulting by yourself is very, very, very difficult, and, um, you know, I remember one time a college coach reaching out to me and saying, you know, oh, I really like getting those club girls, because, you know, I have to coach over 25 kids, in multiple events, so if, if the pole vaulters know what they're doing, I can just let them be, and I'll work with the other kids. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good to me. I don't want my kid out there jumping by themselves. Like they're they're going to college, they're trying to get better, you know. Yeah. Well, they end up being how many times? You know, how many of them from our system end up being the coach? They go off yeah. to college. They're like, uh, that's not like you need to do this, or you, you we need to do this drill, or you need to do that drill, and then pretty soon. The coach gets to drift off and like, oh, Susie's going to be the coach. Well, yeah, but Susie's trying to compete also. Yeah, yeah. She can't stand there and look at the carnage. She has to right. say something. Yeah. Step in. Yeah. Right. No, um, I think um, 
the other thing I think is sometimes I look, and I think the kids that we had, sometimes I'm like, you know, in that beginning seminar, if I had a... Yeah. I hate to tell you this, but I think there's minimum of an 11-foot girl at every high school in America. You, mm-hmm. If you do this system, you can find some kid, yeah. because they're not super athletes, yeah. they're just pretty good, and they can run and jump, and you can get them to jump 11, 11, 6, 12 yeah. foot, and probably, you know, 14, 15 foot guys, if you, yeah. you know, have the four years, you give them the system, and you just run it. You almost yeah. put the numbers, run their course, and boom, look at me, coach, I'm already jumping this high, so... Yeah, well, and 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 it's funny because um, you know Lane Lore from Wash U, and uh, yep. he vaulted eighteen eight in his day. Um, we were talking at Division Three Nationals, and and he was saying, yeah, like you know, with the pole vault clubs that are out there, and you know, he goes, you used to be able to recruit a fourteen foot guy, and he'd PR almost two feet his freshman year, but now it's like. Sometimes, you know, you recruit that 14-foot guy from, from from a pole vaulting club. Like you said, you can kind of almost find a 14-foot kid in any high school. That's a 14-foot guy then, <laughs> you know, a lot of times. He's going to have to work really, really hard to get to that 15-foot bar even, you know? No, it is. I had, um, since you used Lane, I guess you dropped names, Michelle at Lafayette, since mm-hmm. it was close, one mm-hmm. time said to um, Kurt, like, hey, does Mike have any – you know, any good girls that, you know, aren't all tapped out? <laughs> like, well, what's that supposed to mean? That means I'm not doing my job. He's, she's like, well, you know, you know, ones that, you know, aren't like all maxed out, like they can't get any better. I'm like, I, I you know, I'm just, hey, you know, I'm doing my job. I don't know what else to tell you. Like if they're jumping 12, that's because, you know, that's all we got. Whether they're tapped out or not, that's what you have to decide. Right, right. But well, it is, I mean. Yeah, well, and, and I almost feel like that speaks of a, of a, almost another issue in the pole vault world. And I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you gotta go and we, we should wrap this up soon, but I, I almost feel like, you know, for me, I love the sport, you know, and, and I love to help people progress, but I do feel like there is like a little bit of a, a community out there where, you know, maybe they're using it to get into school and, you know, there's some kids like once they get to college, they slow down, they're not really progressing. And even, you know, like we're talking about now how some situations aren't great with coaches or equipment or, or so on and so forth. There's just some kids that aren't putting the time in, you know, once they get into college. And to me, it's like, I, you know, I want kids that are excited to jump and I want, I want kids who are really, really passionate uh, about the sport, you know. Yeah, I think that's a tough one because um, sometimes you are using and the other one, pole vault can be a metaphor for life, but there's a lot of things that are going you know, on in life and yeah. not everybody has exactly the same situations and the same motivations. Um, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. you can even talk about like you had a, a really good, strong, studly girl um, that you know looked like she's going to keep progressing, but it was, she had other things in her life yeah. that were, you know, difficult situations, so, yeah. you know, unfortunately, life is life, and it has a lot of um, yeah. intricacies to it that we can't sometimes, you know, only focus on that. We certainly have health issues, we have family issues, we have right, yeah. even mental issues sometimes. Um, you know, I, I know it's late in the podcast, but we can talk about that maybe another time, or you can talk with other people on another yeah, podcast yeah. about 
what you and I really don't run into much, which it used to be, I was like, oh, yeah, they can't jump because they're a head case, or they're a head case. Oh, oh. They left the ground in years. You're like, yeah. well, who's fault? Like, that, that, there's a remedy for that. Like, yeah. you need to, if you're in the system and the numbers are the numbers, you know, yeah. I, I just don't know if I've had any kid that, you know, haven't left the ground. Like, yeah. why, why aren't well, you leaving the ground? Like, you need to... Yeah, I mean, I feel like once you have a system, you know, and yeah, I mean, in our systems, it's it's very tough. I don't think we've run into many run-through issues, but I think, you know, I could think of a couple instances with me, and I'm sure you could think of a couple, um, you know, but I think a lot of times if we're getting a kid that's running through, they just don't want to do it anymore. You know, that's, that's the thing that I've felt in, in my system. Like if I have a kid start running through or, or it's not usually a kid, it's somebody older. It's like, they're just, you know, they're, they're not passionate about it anymore. Cause I think, you know, at the level, like, let's say Abby was jumping at, you know, right. it's like, you can't at five foot three, 110 pounds, you can't be coming down there trying to jump 14 and half assing it. You know, you got to no. really be bringing it, you know, I think besides the, um, motivation and the mental issues what I wish I knew way back when I started because I had um, a girl Deanna Schuler who tied the indoor national mm-hmm. record and she was you know doing her thing she had to drive an hour and a half one way and yeah. she was, then I remember she called me after uh, practice you know for two hours in the sun and driving I'm like what's that noise she's like oh uh, I'm lifting and what I didn't realize is that when she stopped taking off and having good practice is that she was burnt. Like, she was spent. Her central yeah. nervous system was... Right. It wasn't like... Because she looked strong as she ever did. And I'm like, why isn't she... Le-? We're not even yeah. on big poles and she won't leave the ground. So I didn't realize at the time, like, okay, physically... She was fried, yeah. Outside isn't always what, what... You know, you can't see the central nervous system. Well, well yeah. And that, that's, again, that goes back to, like, having a system, right? Like, we're trying to take in all the variables and adjust, and, and that's how we learn even through the years with all the athletes that we have. And that's the thing. It's like I hear from coaches who are – they're jumping their kids every single day from full approach, and then they're like, I don't get it. Like, Johnny was jumping fine in the beginning of the season. It's like, well, dude, you're frying his central nervous system. You're making this 15-plus guy jump from seven or eight lefts every single day. They're just not possible. You know, you're trying to do what's physically impossible, you know? I get it. No, I wish I would have known kind of back then. And, yeah. and then I, I realized that, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, my system maybe mostly short early. Now I'm at basically one day of drill and short and working on whatever their need is mm-hmm. into the progression. And then one day they're going, like that kid that I have right now is only going to go from, he's only going from five and sixes, which is a lot. I mean, right. he's a good, good athlete. Yeah. I mean, he's 48 mid and jumping on 15, wow. one, I think he was on a 15, 175. Yeah. But again, we're still jumping 14. And when I look at the jump, I'm like, well, he's, he's going to just jump like he used to. Mm-hmm. The further back he is, right? That's, yeah, that's just what he remembers, right? Um, and I said to him because he, he came out after the two fourteen plus jumps, he went fourteen, fourteen two, and then the next two meets, he went thirteen and like thirteen <laughs> three or something. He couldn't jump it, and he's like, I, "I just need to get back to long." And I was like, "Let me ask you something. What were we doing earlier?" And he's like, "Oh, we were doing all those twos. And I'm like. 
jump the first two meets after that? Oh, yeah. 14 to 14 too. I'm like, so maybe we need to go back to, you know, cover and, and go up the pole and swing fast and do that because now, you know, he's only on a six, but I mean, he's putting up these monster poles, but he can't get on top of them yet. Right. So, yeah. So that's a challenge. You know, that's, that's a challenge. It's definitely different for me because I'm coming from the outside in instead of working the kid inside out. So yeah. for your listeners, you know, you and I tend to coach the kid we would like pretty much perfection, but, yeah. you know, we're learning how to golf from the cup out. We're thinking a one-foot putt, then a four-foot putt, then we're chipping in and then putting yeah. in. We're not starting at the tee box. Right, yeah. Right, you know, like, hey, somewhere about 400 down, yards down the way, there's going to be a little white hole, and you're going to try to get this ball in that little <laughs> white hole. Yeah. Yeah, so we coach the box out. So, hey, let's yeah. do some ones, let's hit it, let's go to the twos, then we'll go to threes. When it breaks down, okay, you're done. Yeah. And then, you know, we pick it up again, and then we, you know, we move our, our way back. So. Well, and, and I guess something good to, to end on, you know, I, I mean, again, I, I think – after hearing this, everybody should understand how important the, developing the system has been for you, for me, and, you know, how it's helped all these athletes. But even like you saying about uh, Deanna Schuler and, and not realizing that, wow, you know, her central nervous system was zapped. You know, we as coaches, we have to be humble and know that, yeah, like, we're not perfect. This is an evolving system. This is an evolving thing. And we're growing and learning and we're going to make mistakes. You know, I mean, to this day, I'm sure we could both admit that we make a mistake. You know, hopefully they're smaller mistakes or whatever than when we first started. But, you know, we're, you constantly have to be learning and know that you're not going to know it all the first day, you know. And as long as you're learning and trying to develop your system, you know, you're on the right path, you know. Yeah, and that's why it's important for the kid, no matter how the day went, it's like, well, write down somewhere in a little book or something, what did you learn? Like, what did yeah. you learn today? Whether you had a great day or you had a bad day, yeah. you got there late, it was raining, I didn't have en enough tape, I didn't have this, I didn't have that, so, you know, remember that. I mean, just like you and I coaching, yeah. kids need to be learning, um, you know, also, I certainly... Unfortunately, you know, the beginning kids that you coach are like you were saying in the other podcast, it's like, ah, oh, I would have, you know, known now yeah. I knew back when I started all those kids I had to cut my teeth on. And, yeah. But that's just the way it is. I mean, you can't, they wouldn't have had anybody anyway, right? So they yeah. had us and we were just learning and we were getting better. Right, right, exa exactly. And I think, you know, that that's the thing. I, I want more people to coach this event, you know, because I think that's better for our sport. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way, but hopefully you're, you're trying to track some stuff and get some numbers down and, and learn because that's, that's what we did, you know, and that, that's how we got to where we got to. I mean, it was funny. I, I posted a picture on Sunday on Instagram with the second pit and just, you know, talking about how long of a Sunday it was, but I was so grateful, you know, and, um, I don't know if you've, you know, KMR. They're a pool yeah. club, I think, in yeah. South Carolina or something. He was like, oh, so jealous, you know. And it was like, I still remember the day I was still coaching high school, and that was one of the first times I was ever at Vertical Assault. And I was, like, looking around, and I said to you, I was like, oh, man, this would be awesome if I had something like this. And, you know, I, I just think 
you know, if people work hard and they, they just keep their, you know, eyes open and, and they, they listen, they, they can learn some stuff and, you know, build their own things, you know? I mean, yeah, look at that. Look at, like, I remember when you had to find a place for your kids. But, yeah. You know, no one's going to realize unless you write a book on what you went through and the sacrifices <laughs> that you made. I was scared sometimes when you had to drive home after coaching all day Sunday and then we yeah. had dinner at my house and all the coaches and I'm just like, and then you had to get up and you had to teach and you yeah. were grinding. Yeah. Like me, hey, I was doing construction. I was standing yeah. on, a, on a cinder block wall putting in roof trusses from 6.30 to 3.30, and then I coached till 7.30 yeah. in the Florida sun. And it's like, yeah. I don't know why I was doing it, but you were doing it. And then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you got some people asking you to coach them, and then you're going to state meets, and you're winning all these state champions, and, you know, people are like, hey, coach my kid. And then it just turns <laughs> into what it turns into. So it's just, you know, having that passion. And um, but what you're also trying to put out is the passion's good, and that's great, and that's what you need, but you have to find the system and seek out people ahead of you that did it. And in the pole vault, there's plenty of people to yeah. tell you exactly what they did and how to do it. And you can become your own system. I mean, that's what makes it great. You're not gonna yeah. do it. You don't do it exactly like you've been with me as much as anybody, but you don't yeah. do it exactly like I do it. Right, yeah. I mean, we, we, all, we all have our, our little bit different style, you know. But, yeah, cer- certainly you have to search out someone, you know, and, sure. you know, that's definitely that's what I word. did, you know. Yeah. Well, well, hey, great. yeah, th- thanks again, Mike. I, th- I think this was this was a great episode and, and you know, people can learn a lot from this. So thanks again, you know. Always. I hope they email you and, you know, me and you on privately can just go and talk about some questions that some people, some listeners might have had exactly how to do this, how to do that, and we can lead them the right way. Yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah, because I'll definitely, when I post it on Instagram, I'm going to tag you and, you know, let, I just hope people understand that's the th- the great thing uh, about us and the Povo community is, like, we're we're open to talking to people and trying to help out. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll see everybody next time. Thanks again, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks.